if you want to, you can go ahead and be turning in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. It's in your bulletin there. Um, and then there's an insert there if you want to follow along. We'll try to follow as closely to that as, as we can. But just something for you to take some notes down, maybe take home with you and, and read and study throughout the week uh, during your quiet time. That's completely up to you. But we're going to read a few verses in Romans chapter 3 together this morning. And we're going to talk about telling the story of Jesus. All right, so Romans chapter 3, starting with verse 21. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. There's two different people groups, two primary different people groups in Rome at this time, uh, the Jew and the Gentile, and he addresses both groups uh, within this letter. And in Romans chapter 3, verse 21, Paul writes this, But now, apart from the law, God's righteousness has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. That is... God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Since there is no distinction, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, God presented Him as a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. He presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, We ask you to just come and be with us right now. Pray that you would just bless this time, bless the reading of your word, and Lord, that that everything that is said and done behind this pulpit, everything that is said and done uh, through my mouth, Lord Jesus, would be for your honor and for your glory, ultimately pointing us all to the cross. Father, have your way. May your presence be felt and known. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. So telling the story of Jesus. Um, I've got to tell you guys, uh, with our, our youth on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, we've been studying and walking through the book of Romans together. That's what we've been doing over the last several weeks. Uh, and we're actually doing the same thing in our Sunday school class. Uh, so those of you that are a part of the youth or a part of the Sunday school class that I'm a part of, uh, just hang on, all right? Uh, not everything that... Uh, we've talked about is going to be talked about again but hey we need to hear this over and over and over all right there's no limit to how much or how often you can hear the word of God right so we've been walking through that and and, uh, boy I'm telling you what it's been it's been something for me to study the book of Romans and and something that um, just it, it hit me several weeks ago as I'm reading through the book of Romans and and imagining Paul writing this letter to the church in Rome and to the two different people groups, the primary people groups in Rome at that time, and and how how he just, it just seems like, here's the picture that came to mind, and Cassie's going to put up a picture uh, here in just a second. So that first picture, Cassie, um, can y'all see that? Y'all see that? 
This is what came to mind as I was reading through uh, and preparing a few weeks ago and thinking about Paul writing this letter to the church in Rome. You know what Paul is doing? Ultimately, what Paul is doing, I believe, is he's connecting dots. All right? All he's doing is connecting dots for the church in Rome. He's telling a story, right? And with every chapter... Paul is connecting a dot, and here's what he's pointing them to. That's it. He's pointing them to Jesus. That's it. He's pointing them to the gospel. That's the book of Romans. It's the gospel message. And so as Paul is writing, I envision him just connecting dots. And with each dot he connects, he points them to Jesus. It's kind of like this. A lot of you, some of you in here, you have younger kids. And, and uh, the, I know our boys used to love the pictures where they connect the dots, you know. And, and as adults, we can look at it. And most of the time, we can make out what the picture's going to be before they ever start, right? You following me? And then as they begin to connect the dots and they get closer and closer to the end, a light bulb goes off and they realize, I know what that is, right? I get it. That's an alligator or that's the sunshine or whatever, right? All Paul is doing is connecting dots. And with every dot that he connects, guess what? The people he's writing to lean in just a little bit more because of the relevance of this letter in their life. Even so today, this letter has more relevance today than ever before because Paul is communicating the gospel. He's telling a story. And do you realize that you and I each and every day have an opportunity to tell the story of Jesus? We have the opportunity every single day to connect some dots for somebody and point them to Jesus. So what does it take to tell a great story? I got a couple of things that I found. I didn't come up with these on my own. I had to do a little bit of research. But what does it take to tell a great story? Number one, there has to be a theme. You know what the theme is in the book of Romans? Man's in trouble alone. That's the theme. There's got to be a plot. What's the plot? Because of sin, man's separated from God. There's got to be good story structure and body. Now listen, any of you ELA teachers or whizzes or majors or whatever I came up with this on my own I I didn't like English all right I speak it but I don't like the class okay so just stay with me all right but it's got to have good structure and body here's the structure and body of the book of Romans Jesus made a way for us to be right with God number four it's got to be good characters right 
There's got to be good characters in a book. Well, here are the characters. God, Jesus, Paul, and he even throws in a few Old Testament guys, right? He draws the Old Testament into the story. And he mentions even in chapter 4, Abraham and David. And then there's got to be style and tone, right? And I envision Paul's style of just connecting dots, right? His style was amazing. And how he related to the people. His tone was, was one of, of humility and, and, and some concern. That they had a full understanding and they could fully grasp the gospel. Paul's connecting dots. And this is a key moment in the book of Romans right here in Romans 3. A key moment as Paul has them leaned in into this story and he's communicating and sharing the story of Jesus and the power of the gospel. And there's Romans 3.23 that we're going to talk about. A key moment in the book of Romans. The first thing, if you want to follow along with me, there's three things that we're going to look at and we'll land the plane. But this morning, the first thing I wanted to share with you uh, is that first question. What is Paul saying about faith, how it's received, and who it's for? This is important. It's important for you and I to understand today and it was important for the, the, the early church, the young church during this time to understand as well. And he tells them in verse 21, but now apart from the law, God's righteousness has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. That is God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe because there is no distinction. No distinction. What is he saying about faith? He's not saying the law is no good. He's saying the law has been attested. It's been proven, right? But there's more to it than just the law. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that we find righteousness through. Not of our own self, but through Jesus. How is it received? Paul says... It's received through faith. Faith. I think you've heard me say this before. I say it a lot at home. A lot of times I think we tend to make more of something than it should be. And when it comes to telling the story of Jesus, it is about faith. Right? It is simply about our separation from God because of our sin. Period. And the only way to be made right with God is through Jesus. Confessing our sin and giving our life to Christ because he gave his for ours. Right? There's there's nothing more to be said or added there, is there? A few weeks ago, I had to, to go to a meeting in Charlotte and... Uh, the organization, the ministry that I, I work for, FCA, uh, we're, we're unveiling uh, and releasing. A, um, we, we've partnered with several other uh, world uh, mission 
minded ministries out there, crew and, and other uh, collegiate ministries. And uh, so anyway, through that, we came up with, it's called the four. It's called the four. And, and they gave these bracelets out and, and I've begun to wear mine. And uh, it, it's very simple. It is very simple. That the, the, the heart of man, the, the, the heart of man is, is cursed from sin, Right? But, and because of that sin, we are divided, right? We cannot be made right with God on our own. But because of Jesus, right, and that's the cross, we can be. And so the question mark is, what will you do? What will you do? And it's very simple, right? Don't make it more than it needs to be. That's what Paul is saying is it's, it's about Jesus. It's about faith in Jesus. And who is it for? You see, you had two different people groups, two primary different people groups. It was majority Gentile, right? But there were Jews there. And, and culturally, they were different, all right? There were some big differences and there were some other minor differences, but culturally, these two groups were just different. And as Paul addresses them, that is a key word in this text. Because what he is telling them is there, there is no difference. Whether you're Jew or you're Gentile, it doesn't matter. The gospel is for everyone. It doesn't matter what culture you come from or you side with. The gospel is for everyone. There is no distinction. All right? And today, guess what? The gospel is still for everyone. Yeah? Absolutely. All right, second thing. Why was verse 23 so important for the Jews and Gentiles within the church to hear? And why is it so important for us today? What's verse 23 say? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Powerful. You see, that the culture then, uh, that they were so driven by their, their morals. They were so driven to be morally perfect. You follow? That's, that's, that drove them every single day. And Paul, in one of the most critical times in the early church says, whoa, whoa you got to understand that we have all sinned. It's not about being here and somebody else here. You know, it's not about the, the Pharisees and the tax collectors. Y'all know the, the Pharisees, man, they, they were not viewed very highly, right? And then the tax collectors... They even viewed tax collectors worse than Pharisees. Like it was that bad, right? And Jesus comes on the scene and says, look, sin is sin. And mankind is sinful. There is no this sinner's here and this sinner's here. Sin is sin. And there is no distinction. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Period. What more do we need to add to that? 
How much farther do we need to elaborate on that? That's why it's important that we understand even today that sin is sin and that we have all fallen short and we cannot be made right with God without Jesus. That's it. You can strive to be the best person on planet earth and be a person of high morals. But guess what? Without Jesus, you're destined for hell. You, you can be the best person on planet earth. And everybody can look at you and go, man, that is a great man. That is a great woman. And you know what? Maybe you are. But according to the word of God... That gets you hell without Jesus. Without recognizing your sin and recognizing your need for a Savior and that because of your sin, you are separated from God and the only way to be made right and the only way for your unrighteousness to be claimed righteous is by the blood of Jesus. And that is it. Because we have all sinned. There's not enough money in the world. There are not enough good acts in this world that you can do in your lifetime to earn your place and to earn your right into heaven. Because Paul says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right, number three. How do we see God's justice? How do we see God's justice in verses 24 through 26. And Paul says this. He says, They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to think about that for a second. Have you ever owed a debt that you couldn't pay? Have you ever owed a debt that you couldn't pay? And then had someone on your behalf pay that debt? Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. I know of one story, one area in your life where you owed a debt that you couldn't pay and someone else paid it for you. And that's what Paul says in verse 24. You had a sin debt. You couldn't pay it, but your sin debt was justified through the blood of Jesus. So that God could have justice. He goes on to say in verse 25. God presented him as a propitiation through the faith, through faith in his blood. To demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. Thank God that he sent Jesus in his perfect timing according to his perfect will when he did for my sins and yours. 
You see, why this is a critical moment in Romans chapter 3 is because they knew Old Testament Scripture. They knew Old Testament law. And when he mentioned sins of the past, again, that was a dot that he was connecting and telling the story of Jesus. Because when he said that, they began to lean in just a little bit more. Hey, I... I, I recognize that or that makes sense to me, right? It's important. It's critical. And then he says in verse 23, he presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. You know, I don't always have the best timing Right? But there have often been times in my life where I did not understand God's timing. Maybe it took a few minutes, a few hours, a few weeks, a few years for me to realize that ultimately, at the end of the day, God's timing is perfect. I may not fully understand it. Or be able to wrap my mind around why whatever's happening is happening. But I can rest assured that God's timing is perfect. And through his perfect timing, his perfect will is taking place. I'm called as a child of God to just continue connecting dots and telling the story of Jesus. Cassie, can you put that first picture up real quick? Sometimes our life looks like that, doesn't it? (laughs) We can't make sense of it. We can't make heads or tails of what that is. We can't. But we have to trust through faith Show the next picture. That God has a perfect plan and a perfect purpose for everything that you and I endure and everything that happens within our lives because every dot that is connected is leading us closer to Jesus and is pointing others to Jesus when it comes to telling the story of Jesus, can I just encourage you this morning? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the process. And just continue to allow God to connect the dots in your life. So that when other people see you and they see the dots that are connecting in your life, the picture that God is painting in your life and that we are all fallen We are all sinful. We've all fallen short. But glory to God, the only reason why I can stand before you today is because of Jesus. Because I'm telling you, without him, we're nothing. We're lost. And that's the story that we get to tell every single day. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus... Thank you so much for this opportunity.
I pray that uh, your word that's been spoken, God, that it would sink deep in our hearts, that, that something would be engraved in our hearts right now, that we would be able to share, that we would be able to tell, that, that we would be able to live out in the days ahead, so much so and in such a way that other people see Jesus, that other people want to know about Jesus. Give us boldness, give us courage to live out our faith, God, in a way that's pleasing to you. Father, have your way right now and whatever you need to do and however you need to work in hearts and lives right now, God, I pray that you would do that and that we would all be found obedient before we walk out of these doors. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.